Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Morning Sports Briefing on the 18th of April 2020. Hi, I'm Paul and I'll be your host today on New Zealand Sports Radio. Remember, we will be here at 8 a.m., every single morning bringing you up to speed with all of the latest news and today on the show we have one kiwi still playing football warriors coach stands by his players canterbury the latest province to announce pay cuts and no competitive sport at level three so let's get straight into it and hand you over to uh, steve from the deep south we'll take us to our football update Yes, good morning everyone. Get your sports stocks on, get ready to start your day the best way you can with the football news today. We have the results from round five in Belarus. We've got another, well, we've got more esports competitions going on. But first, yes, there is one Kiwi still living the football dream around the globe. Matthew Garbutt is his name and he's just turned 18 years old and he plies his trade in the lands of Sweden. Now this kid born in London with a French citizenship, the ultimate in a football nation pedigree, grew up in New Zealand and has already featured for our under-17 national side at the under-17 World Cup where he picked up two goals in three standout performances. That drew the attention of Falklandbergs in the Swedish Elsvenskan Football League which is the country's top division. Now. How, we may ask, has Matthew got a different life in football to every other player? Well, Sweden are chill. Simply put, he rides his bike to training. He goes to a public gym. He checks in for coffees at cafe and is even scheduled to play a friendly match for his club this weekend. Sweden's approach to the virus is different to the rest of the globe, despite having over a 1,000 deaths so far, uh, with only a band on gathering about among 50 people or more having a ban. They've pushed back start of their season till May the 16th, but Garbutt is loving life right now. He trains, he gets on the train and he goes to the gym and people avoiding going out completely. So he's living the great life over there in Sweden. He says Swedish people are quite disciplined at how they go about their life and he is enjoying being able to still play his football. So if you're wanting some more football action, we've got later on Belarus, of course. But now it looks like Sweden may be another nation looking to get underway. 
If you can't get enough esports, though, in the meantime, to fill your boots during the lockdown, where you're in luck, my football friend, prepare yourself next week for the first ever E Premier League, which will take place for the week. Each EPL side will be represented by a player from the club to take part in a knockout tournament on, of course, FIFA 20. A full lineup of players and the draw will be revealed on Monday the 20th, but a few names have already been given out. Trent Alexander-Arnold for Liverpool, Todd Cantwell for Norwich City, Ryan Fredericks from West Ham, uh, Diogo Jolta from the Wolverhampton Wanderers, Raheem Sterling from Manchester City, and Wilfred Zaha from Crystal Palace, just to name a few. You can see all the action on the Premier League and Sky Sport UK's website, Twitch, YouTube, and social media pages. It all kicks off on the 21st, so if you want some more esports action, go check that out. Finally, it's time to get your football slippers on again for another weekend's action in Belarus. We had um, a couple of matches yesterday morning after we were going on for this, and two more finished up just this morning. So we've got four results to go through for your perusal. Now, sitting in second place before this round kicked off, Energetic took on, well, he took on the resurgent. I'm running out of accolades to call this team Bulletproof. That's what their new name is, the Bulletproof Boys, Gorodea. And they went down 1-0 to the Gorodea side. They have rocketed up from when we started watching this league. They were last or second last. They were terrible. And now they are second with my boys, Torpedo. They are having a great season so far with Stephen at their helm, and they are looking a much better team. Um, they are in front of 223 fans, say, for that win, but great win on the road as well for Gorodea to kick off the weekend. Second up, Domino Minx completed the tidy 2-0 win at home over the 11th place. Niman Grodno, uh, two late second-half goals in front of a crowd of 317. Next up from there, just completed this morning, Valshina and Smolovici went 0-0 for 80 minutes before a penalty each made things a little bit exciting, but it still ended up a draw 1-1 in front of 271 fans. And then finally, Paul, your team was in action. Shukhtar fell to a dominant first-half display from Paul's Schlutz team. Two goals for the visitors was enough in the first half as Shakhtar fought back late, but couldn't do enough to get the victory. Yeah, the crowd... We're going wild, I'm sure. Uh, tomorrow, we've got a pile of games taking place. Uh, Usloch take on Slavia. Uh, Royal Brest go up against Minx. Verovesk will host uh, Ashwin's Domino Brest. And then lastly, Bate take on my top-of-the-table team, Torpedo. So a big night of football ahead. So make sure you sleep now during the day so you can watch it all night. That's how you do things at the moment in lockdown. That is it from football for me. Enjoy your day, everyone, and I'll see you again tomorrow. Thank you very much, Stephen. From the Deep South to bring us our football update, I hand you over straight now to Stephen from the Far North. God, it's confusing, isn't it? Who will take us through today's birthdays. Thank you very much again, uh, Paul, and good morning, everybody. And uh, birthdays today are also to a boy who ended up at the Crusaders and a sailor synonymous with America's Cup, and that's where we're starting this morning. Dean Barker is a New Zealand yachtsman. He is best known internationally for his participation in the American Cup yacht races. Barker sailed from an early age, starting out as an optimist in P-class boats before graduating to 470s and laser. Barker skippered Emirates Team New Zealand to victory in the 2013 Louis Vuitton Cup, beating the Italian Luna Rossa Challenge Team 7-1 in the final. He set a Louis Vuitton America's Cup speed record in race 7 of 47 knots, which equates to 87 kilometres. That's pretty quick. Barker and Team Emirates and New Zealand then went on to challenge for the America's Cup against Team Oracle. 
in the final, they went on to lose. Emirates Team New Zealand at one point during the final series had won six of the seven races, but ultimately lost by nine points to uh, nine uh, races to eight, beg your pardon, the largest comeback in America's Cup history. Dean Barker born this day, 18th of April, 1973 in Takapuna. He is 47 today. Fiji Douglas is a New Zealand rugby union player who debuted for Waikato in 2013 season, racking up 36 games before making the Crusaders in 2017 and then spending an off-season at Italian club Benetton. Returning to New Zealand in 2018, Douglas re-signed with the Crusaders in Canterbury. The rangy loose forward also made two appearances for New Zealand Māori in 2016. Fetu Kamo H. Douglas, born this day, 18th of April 1991 in Rotorua. He is 29 years today. And uh, that's pretty much our birthdays for the morning. Pretty handy rugby player is uh, Fetu Douglas. Paul, you would have seen of him a bit of him running around in the uh, Waikato colours. Yes, he is. Yeah, very very handy player, absolutely. And uh, down there, has, has made a really good comeback and filled in those boots that uh, kind of Kieran Reid left in those down in uh, down in Canterbury. And so, happy birthday to them. Hope they have their lovely cake and a good time in their bubble. Moving on to rugby news, and we'll stick with Canterbury. Canterbury, of the, uh, the latest province, to announce that they have uh, made pay cuts. They won't say, though, as to how much or how long they are. But um, uh, Tony Smale, the uh, CEO, uh, has announced that he has taken a higher uh, cut than general staff. Um, part of coming back into one of the points he makes in the answer, in his interview is that when he comes back into uh, getting rugby going again, that they have to agree to work with the traditional winter and summer seasons um, to allow all sports to come back, community sports to come back in, uh, because there's a lot of shared grounds. And we heard that from Cameron Bell. We interviewed him, the CEO of Northland, the other day. So go back and listen to that interview. Uh, it was really interesting. Uh, so clearly, there's a lot of balance and a lot of work between the different sports that's, um, that needs to happen. Uh, and it's looking like level one is actually where things really start to happen at a community level, he says. In other new rugby news, uh, Italy have come out unsurprisingly in support of Bill Bowman for the chairmanship, and that's that their three votes will go to him. Um, look out for later. I will be producing a video looking at the breakdown of the votes um, and how they how I see them going between uh, Beaumont and Pichot. So do uh, look out for that video. That'll be over on our sister channel, drivingmall.com. I'm going to hand you back now to Stephen from the Far North, who will take us through our rugby league news. Well, thank you again, Paul. Straight into it. And we're going to stay pretty much a local today. Warriors coach Stephen Cooney will not compel any member of his squad to relocate across the Tasman to play in a reconfigured NRL competition, nor will he hold any prejudice against a player that decides not to make the trip. There are still numerous pieces of the jigsaw to work out and doubt over when or if the competition will start. Though the NRL has undertaken to provide answers for the Warriors, who have the most pressing concerns of any of the 16 clubs ahead of the mooted start on May 28. But ultimately, no matter what the scenario and the options the NRL come up with, many of the Warriors players will have to wrestle with one overriding question. Can I leave my wife, partner, and in many cases, children behind for four to five months? From a football point of view, Cooney will want to make his strongest squad, but he has empathy for the predicament of his players. I'm not going to make them 
That's their choice. I'm not going to judge that. Kearney told the Herald, no way in the world. That's the reality of the situation. Look at what entails right now. If they left next week and something happens to the individual's families, if they come back, I don't think there's going to be an, an exemption to what happens when you come back. There's a lot of stuff and answers that we need at this uh, point of time. And jumping right on the uh, back of that, the uh, Sports and Recreation Minister, Grant Robertson, has also doubt, uh, well, cast a doubtful eye on the plan to have the Warriors based in Australia for the revamp NRL season starting on May 28, terming it ambitious. The Sydney Morning Herald reported on Friday that the NRL was working with the Australian government to have the Warriors arrive in Australia on May 3rd and the other 15 clubs start training the next day. As it insists, insists its season resumption date is quite achievable. Robertson weighed in on the date. Look, sounds like a very ambitious uh, plan to date to me to start the competition up and running and no doubt there is a lot of work to do on both sides of the Tasman. Clearly, both um, both lots are pretty much operating in and around strict quarantine arrangements at the moment, and therefore that provides some real limitations on the ability of people to travel and spend time in a given situation. I did hear yesterday that other NRL clubs had said they wanted to make sure the Warriors had the opportunity to undertake pre-season training once they go to Australia. If that is where they go, go to, so you should think about what that, in terms of lifelines, it's pretty ambitious, according to uh, Robinson. And that's pretty much uh, league news. Not a lot happening. I checked out the uh, the NRL sites and much of the news coming out of uh, of uh, Sydney, especially, is, is much of a nut, muchness, Paul. Hopefully yeah. you've got something more interesting for us. Oh, we've got this. There's, there's, there's plenty of uh, interesting news in the general sports area. Um, but as you say, amongst the major sports, we, there's, there's a lot of basically we don't know what's going to happen and we want to do this, we want to do that, going backwards and forwards. So, yeah, it'll be it's interesting whether it's going to happen. So yesterday, the New Zealand government came out and gave guidelines around what level three will look like um, if and well, well, when we go down to level three. Um, from a from a sporting point of view, uh, competitive sports will not be able to take place under level three, um, but people will be able to, as the guidelines say, um, participate in activities within their bubbles um, and when uh, equipment is not shared. So surfing, um, fishing offshore or wharf, uh, day tramping will be permitted, uh, as will some mountain biking on safer trails as well. Um, golf is one sport that is waiting to get clarification because obviously there is a sport that's non-contact. You can uh, keep the appropriate distancing and you use your own golf clubs. So maybe there will be some enablement of, um, of the opening up of golf clubs over at level three as well. But not competitive golf at level three um, at the moment is, uh, is, is how it is um, looking. All sports are, are reaching out to the government and working with the government to find out exactly how it impacts them because motorized sport is not allowed. Um, so going out in a boat, for example, going out in a motorboat, for example, but where does that leave yachting um, uh, and those sort of sports as well? So that's all a little bit up in the air and under discussion getting clarified currently. One thing that we do know will happen to sports though is that they're gonna be losing funding. And here I'm talking about um, the uh, money that comes from gaming. Uh, um, sources because obviously under level uh, under four class four gaming um, has not been taking place i.e. game machines in pubs and clubs or the pokies 
uh, as we obviously uh, know them. Um, and the projection, and that injects around about 150 million into New Zealand, uh, New Zealand sports annually, uh, and that is projected to drop by 50%. So $75 million uh, getting removed from uh, grassroots sports and non-grassroots sports as well. This is one of the sources of income that, again, Cameron Bell talked about during his interview uh, with us, uh, the, the Northland um, CEO that, that, that had dried up. Uh, and yes, we are going to see that, that happening. One of the interesting things, though, is that the West Auckland um, uh, Trust is also an alcohol trust for the gaming trust. So they still have some income and some money coming out. So not all trusts are going to be impacted um, equal, equally. Uh, what those that have a, a yeah, that, that are alcohol trusts will also will 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 still be able to um, give out some of their or, or have some funding to give out. Um, in good news, the Tall Blacks have extended the uh, their coaches' contract for another twelve months uh, to cover the Olympics. Obviously, with the Olympics being extended uh, or be, sorry being postponed until next year, a lot of coaching contracts um, would have been tied up to, to finish after the Olympics and they all now need to be renegotiated. Uh, it's good to see that the Tall Blacks have managed to sort theirs out already. Uh, there'll be a lot of sports talking to their coaches um, and looking at their funding and seeing what they can do uh, over the next few months. Yesterday also the postponed PHAR Pro was cancelled. Now don't worry um, sport, um, surf fans, this is a multi-year project. Um, so the Pihar Pro will be back next year and they are looking at the same slot in the calendar. I'll be getting more details of that for you on Monday when I uh, have an interview with uh, Ben Kennings from Surfing New Zealand. Uh, that will go out, or the, we're aiming to get that out, at 2pm on Monday. So uh, we'll be talking about all things uh, surfing in New Zealand. That will be part of our long talk uh, series of um, shows. And we'll be about an hour long chat about how he got into surfing, into the administration side, uh, surfing in New Zealand. And then we'll also be talking about the Pihar Pro and also the Olympics as well at the top end. And because both because surfing was going to appear in the Olympics for the first time this year. Finally, um, darts is having a fantastic time um, at the moment. We talked about the fact that the uh, PDC were going to start up the home tour soon over 32 consecutive nights. Um, but uh, what uh, we didn't know at the time, or what I wasn't aware at the time, was that the Modus Icons of Darts has been going um, for two weeks already. Um, you might remember um, Fallon Sherlock um, from last year, the 25-year-old, as she was the first woman to beat a man at the PDC World Championships. She uh, is about to make her debut on the Modus Icons of Darts. Uh, and uh, she says, yeah, that technology has been the thing that has held her back in trying to get to the right technology so she can take part. Also, um, the, uh, Peter Wright um, also was talking about the taking part in that home tour, in that home tournament, because he says, yeah, that a lot of, uh, there's, there's a lot of talk of players being better in practice than they are on stage with all the pressure that the crowd and the razzmatazz brings. So maybe we'll be getting some upsets in that PDC home tour uh, as, we, as players will play better in the comfort of their own home settings. But as he says, a lot of players are more, um, are more stressed about getting the technology right than they are about the actual playing of darts itself. That Modus um, uh, 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 Darts Tournament, League of Darts, is live for nine hours a day. 
So if you want your darts fixed, there is more than enough for you to, uh, uh, to enjoy from your couch. Um, so look up the Modus League of Darts, which are free to watch um, and can be found on Modus's um, website. That is your sports news from today. We will be back at 8 a.m. every day. Thank you very much to Stephen from the Deep South and Stephen from the Far North, who uh, have brought us our updates today. Um, also, don't forget to ch- uh, like the channel and also, uh, sorry, like the page and, and subscribe to the podcast. As from tomorrow, we are going to be trying some new technology out that will allow us to cinecast across Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Um, so look out for that if you prefer using YouTube or Twitter. We will be going live on those platforms um, tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Yes, the, uh, the, not only is the content expanding on New Zealand Sport Radio, but we are also expanding our tech as well. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.